Why don't you stand to your feet and read the scripture together? It's going to be up on the screens. I'm sorry we had to turn those projectors off. The devil tried to get in our house this morning. And uh, I'm going to turn him off early so it's not a distraction. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Peter is writing this towards the end of his life. How many of you know it's important to listen to people at the end of their life? They know more than you. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Look at your neighbor and say, I got everything I need. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. For if you possess all these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting what they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you will do these things, you will never stumble. And you receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We believe it's changing us. We pray that our time here together this morning will be a productive one. Make us different than when we came, Lord, more, more like Christ. Help us to add today. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said, amen and amen. All right, you may be seated. We just wrapped up a sermon series entitled Called. It was a, um, it was a six-week series on leadership definition uh, here at Hedgesville Church, C-A-L-L-E-D. And I just wrapped that up. And um, uh, I got two more weeks, I think, before... Um, I fly over the pond. And so I'm not, um, I'm not jumping back into a new sermon series. Is that okay with everybody? You're like, it's not a series. I don't know what to do. Um, but I, but uh, it's kind of fun to freewheel it. And so, um, so today, if I had to entitle this, it would be called addition, addition. I think some of the issue, let me back up a second. I love hearing things, uh, hearing people work out their calling. I love, the Bible talks about the work of a pastor is to equip the saints. The, the gifts that God gives the church, the pastor is one of them, is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That means the pastor doesn't do it all, or sta- paid staff doesn't do it all. That means the, the ministry happens through, the, through people. Amen. So what happens is oftentimes, how many of you know that um, well, everybody has an idea about how church should work, right? You got one right now. You're like, I wish you didn't wear that stupid cactus shirt. <laughs> My wife got it for me, so now what? Uh, channeling dry weather. <laughs> so, uh, so what happens is... Um, 
is years ago we decided for Hedgesville Church that we wanted to be good at certain things. So we, we decided we, were, we wouldn't try to do everything, we would try to do certain things. Because, because I don't want to be part of a church as a jack of all trades, master of none. So I would rather do a few things really well and, and then let other churches do other things that we don't do well. Is that okay? Yeah. That's actually better. So what happens uh, over the years is you'll have, so you focus on certain things, but, but people will come in and they'll be like, oh, you should be doing this, you should be doing that, you should be doing this. And, and my response oftentimes is, well, you should do that. If, if, if that's your passion, you should, God should, you should just do it. I don't have to, not everything we do has to be through the church. Okay, just making sure. It's like, I'd serve God, dude, but it's only on Sundays. So I've been hearing recently about people who have been, who have been living out the call of God in their lives outside of the church. And I'm, just, I'm not just talking about being nice at work. I'm talking about like going and doing things. And, and it, gives, it gives a church an opportunity to support people, to equip people to do the work of the ministry. It doesn't have to be a church ministry. Amen? And so I've just been encouraged by that. So, so Peter's writing here about we need to make sure about our calling and, and how, to, how to make sure we're effective and productive. And he makes a list uh, of some things that we've read before in Scripture about how he thinks if we, if we add these things. Now, now, let me tell you right up front, there's something peculiar about this because I believe most Christians live their spiritual life in an idea of subtraction. And, and, it, and it's in this context. If I could stop doing this, I'd be better off. Anybody? All right. So my wife, uh, all my kids are home. My, my daughter's home from college, and she's here with us this morning. Yeah. She could get saved again, you know, being at WVU. She came here to get saved again this morning. We'll be giving an altar call today, you know what I'm saying? Be like, if you want to give your heart to the Lord, she's like, it's me again. Just, I'm just kidding. She's plugged into a great church up there, I think. Find my iPhone. I'm paying the bill. So what happens is we live our lives by subtraction. And we do it like this. If I could stop doing this, I'd be better off. Anybody live like that? If I could stop, if I could stop getting upset about that, if I could stop smoking, if I could stop cussing, if I could stop listening to rock and roll music, that don't work. If I could stop, if I could stop, if I could stop eating so much, if I could stop. And so what happened, like last night, my wife and daughters uh, went out shopping. And so they, they spent an inordinate amount of time away from the house to do that. And Carter and I typically huddle up and do testosterone-filled things when that happens. <laughs> so last night, we had eaten dinner. My wife fixed a wonderful meal, and we had eaten dinner. And, uh, and um, I ate three bowls of Frosted Flakes before I went to bed. <laughs> there was still milk in the bowl. Like, I don't know about you, but I can't pour milk out. Milk left in the bowl is an opportunity for more cereal. So what happened to me was that I, um, so I, 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 and I immediately thought if I could stop 
eating so much cereal right before I go to bed, I'd be better off. I probably wouldn't snore. I probably, I probably wouldn't have heartburn. Be three, three bowls. If I could stop that, if I could stop it, if I could stop it. And we live our spiritual lives by thinking if we subtract things from our life, we'll be better off. Peter addresses us here and says, hey, listen, you have access to all this stuff. If you would add things to your life, you'd be better off. He says, he says the, the really crux of the walk with Christ is that Christ has offered you all these things. And if you then take them and add them to your life, you wouldn't be focused on quitting so many things. You'd be focused on adding things. How many of you like addition? I love it. I love it when the bank account goes up. I don't like it when it goes down. I'm like, why is it going down? Doesn't God love us? It goes up, up. So I started thinking in the context of, uh, I drink a lot of sweet tea. I drink too much sweet tea. I drink sweet tea like I eat cereal. (laughs) Right before bed and too much of it. And I'm getting to that age where I can't make it all night anymore. And so if I could stop drinking so much sweet tea. (laughs) So watch. I love sweet tea sweet. I don't want like some mockery of sweet tea. I don't want something that could maybe have a hint of sweetness to it. I want you to take a drink of it and be like, there's no mistake in that. That's sweet tea. So you ever go to a restaurant and, and, you, and you get a sweet tea, and, and you look at, your, look at the person you're with, and you're like, I mean, is that sweet? Is your sweet? Like, because I, I don't know. I mean, I, I ordered sweet tea, but I don't know if it's sweet or not. Now, I'm not one to complain at a restaurant. I don't ever do that. I just think, whatever. Like, I'm going to be gone in 20 minutes. I want to leave a good impression. Uh, we, we ate at a restaurant. I won't tell you where it is in Cumberland or what it is. But we had at a restaurant one time that just opened up, and I chewed on a bolt out of one of the out of one of the warmers. No lie, it was they were open about a month, right? And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, "It's fine, I got more teeth." I'm like, "Don't make a big deal about it." So the lady who was waiting on us comes out, and I've got no joke a bolt in my roast beef, and I just went, "Hey, you know what? I kind of found this in my food." And then I'm panicking, thinking maybe she thought I brought it with me. To get a free meal. And so uh, I was like, look. I, so I left some roast beef on it to make sure she knew that it was there. <laughs> I said, look, it's, um, I found this, but it's fine. I don't want to. So I'm not the complainer guy. But when I want tea, I want tea. I want sweet tea. So, so it's like, so it's like the, most of our lives, we are trying to. Get to where God wants us to be by subtracting things from our life. And he says, add it to it. The issue that Peter brings up here is that's your responsibility to add. He says, God has provided everything for you to live this life and to be productive. So now he says, add these things to you yourself. And so I thought, well, that's like me waking up. That's like me making a, a, a thing of tea and then looking at my wife going, I mean... Is this sweet? And thinking, well, I'm the one that put the sugar in it. So if there's not enough sugar in it, I should probably add more. 
But how many times do we go through our lives and we go, like, like, oh, I mean, is this sweet? And God's going, now we got to be careful here because oftentimes when the tea's not sweet enough, we blame God, not ourselves. And we go, God, this tea's not sweet. He said, you're making the tea here, bro. (laughs) What do you mean the tea's not sweet enough? You're You're the one that made it. So if the tea's not sweet enough, maybe you need to add some stuff to it. So oftentimes in our lives, we wake up in the morning and we go, well, it's not what I was expecting. It's not what I, it's, you know, I'm not who I wanted to be. I'm not, it's not happening the way I wanted it to happen. In Peter's writing that the addition responsibility is ours. So we have to have a, a rapid change of mindset from subtraction to addition. I'm not trying to subtract things from my life anymore. I'm trying to overcome by the addition of godly things. Because if there's more goodness in my life, there's less room for corruption. (laughs) If there's more perseverance in my life, there's less room for giving up. If there's more love in my life, there's less room for dishonesty. If there's more mutual affection in my life, there's less room for controversy with people. Like I can disagree, we can still get along. So Peter comes at it, look, you're the one making the tea. Make sure it's sweet enough. So we can't run through our lives going, oh, I don't understand why it's not. No, no, no. We get to add to it. He says he provides all these things to us. It's all available. It's all available. Look at your neighbor and say, it's all available. Here's the issue. Here's the issue. Um, it's available to us. And, and as Americans, we, we have this. We have this advantage. Uh, I don't really like going to the grocery store, but I, I like food. And so uh, it's kind of a necessary evil sometimes. The issue is we live in a society where you can get a, go to a grocery store and get whatever you want anytime that you want it. It's always there, right? Unless it's snowed like three inches and everybody's in a panic and then all of you go buy bread and milk. And I'm looking around going, you don't have enough bread to last till tomorrow? Why is it bread and milk? Why isn't it Frosted Flakes? I I just don't... That's the way I think. I'm like, why are you buying bread and milk? Buy meat. Bread's not even good for you. It's like, it's going to snow. Man, we have no meat left. Keto diets. So watch this. The issue is... Is that everything that you need is available. You see, there's, there's other countries where you walk in, you, you can't go to a store and get motor oil, milk, and beauty products all at the same place. You can't do that. But we live in this age in America where you can go and get everything you need in one shop. And Peter's describing this type of circumstance where where you can go to a store and get all that you need spiritually. It's all available all the time. Now watch this. The grocery store will have milk whether you're having a good day or a bad day. Right? It will have Oreos whether it's a good day or bad. So the grocery store having what you need is not dependent on whether you're having a good day or not. So this is really important uh, philosophy to get your brain wrapped around because oftentimes 
We look at our circumstances as to whether God is offering us what we need or not. We look at our circumstances and we go, man, I'm going through a terrible season in my life. This is awful. This is awful. This is awful. I need goodness and I can't get any. No, no, no. The store is still full. We're just not, we're just not buying the right thing. So, so watch what happens. We think in terms of this. We think in terms of if my life becomes difficult, God is trying to subtract something from me. I'm going to be a little transparent, maybe embarrassed because you're thinking, well, the pastor should have more faith than that. I've said these type of things out loud to my wife before. What is God trying to do to us? What's he trying? Is he trying to hurt me? It feels like he's trying to hurt me on purpose. I said those exact words one morning praying with my wife. I just looked at her. I said, I feel like he's trying to hurt me on purpose. The grocery store was still open. I just wasn't shopping that day. I wasn't trying to add anything. I was thinking only in terms of subtraction. I was thinking, God, all these difficulties are coming into my life right now. And I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand why you're doing this. What is it that you want to take out of my life? And what I realized was he wasn't trying to take anything out. He was trying to add to it. Because oftentimes the only way you see addition is through difficulties. Paul writes this in Romans chapter 5. Paul writes for this He writes this, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. I'm going to brag about my hope in God's glory. Not only that, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces. Now, wait a second here. It produces perseverance. Go to the next slide. Perseverance, character, and hope. Okay, so Paul's writing, Paul's writing to the Romans and he says, suffering can oftentimes produce good things. Suffering can oftentimes add to your life. So, uh, but, but I'm thinking, suffering, God is trying to subtract something from me. That's the way my mentality was for a long time. God, what are you trying to get out of my life? What are you trying to get out of my life? What are you trying to get out of my life? And he's like, Chris, I'm not trying to take anything out of your life. I'm trying to add self-control to it. But you won't go to the store and buy it. Because when we get to 2 Peter, he's telling me it's my responsibility. So it's like this. It's like, it's like walking in the grocery store going, man, I'm so hungry. So hungry. Oh, I'm so hungry. My life is terrible. I haven't eaten in a week. And everybody at the grocery store is looking around at you like, are you stupid? (laughs) Surrounded by food. But I'm more concerned that God's trying to subtract something from me. So let's let this play out a different way. So what happens is this. Oftentimes with our kids, what we'll do is is we'll provide structure, right? Provide structure. So what happens, uh, not this one sitting here. Not that one. But um, on other occasions with other kids, not mine, yours. Uh, <laughs> what will happen is we'll oftentimes have to provide a little bit of structure for kids. Like, hey, you're, you're going to have to, um, you have to do, your, do your homework when you get home from school. Because Sunday night at 12, midnight, is not the time to do your homework. Especially when you need my help to do the homework. Some worn out parents say amen. 
I figured out a long time ago, I'm like, you earn the, you earn the bad grade. You're going to get it on your own. Preach. <laughs> so what I will do is I would provide a little bit of structure into the system. I would say, you have to do it this way. You have to do it at this time. You have to, and, and my child would believe that I was being what? Strict. And I was taking things away from them because they couldn't watch Netflix at the moment. But, but my routine is to watch Netflix and then do my homework. Yeah, but I don't like that. And you're getting a C right now and Joneses don't get C's. That stopped with me. Stop with me. You guys can do better than C's. I'll raise you better than that. So they, so the kid immediately thinks, but you're subtracting from me. No, no, no. I'm not subtracting. I'm trying to get you to add to your life self-control. I want you to add to your life self-control. Because the minute you can come home and do the homework by yourself, it tells me that you've added self-control to your life. And then I don't have to come around and shepherd over you all the time anymore. The minute you add it to your life, then you don't have to stumble around anymore with C's. You can get B's and you can get A's. So now... I start to realize when God starts to put a little structure in my life, call it what you want. It feels like he's subtracting. It feels like it's a little more difficult than it should be. It feels like, why am I walking through this? Now I can realize, oh, wait a second, I'm making the tea here. I'm making the tea here. I get to decide what I add out of this circumstance and what I don't. I get to decide what I add to it. I get to decide. Come on. I get to decide if when I walk through this difficulty, I'm going to have more goodness in my life at the end of it or not. I get to decide when I walk through this difficulty if I'm going to be more have more perseverance or not. I get to walk through this. And the issue is that God is so concerned about us making it is that he will orchestrate the same situation. Husband, you'll learn how to care for your wife sooner or later. <laughs> you know what? Here, here's the thing that I struggle with. It just happened this, this week. I was, I, was at, um, I was actually at a funeral for uh, a family here. Um, a, a loved one passed away. Great lady at a funeral. And I'm a pastor. Everybody, well, a lot of people there knew I was a pastor. And a, and a, and a lady in the back, um, like, fainted. And um, I, I'm a good-hearted person. It just doesn't always come out. <laughs> no lie. Pastor Skip here is the nicest person you will ever meet. And actually, y- you can tell because he does it. I'm nice inside. <laughs> And what I'm asking the Lord to do is to help me add nice outside. Does anybody else struggle with that? It's like I'm thinking good thoughts. They just don't make it out. It's like I love you, but you never know it. (laughs) Isn't that convenient for you? It's It's like, Lord, I want to be better at this, but it stops before anybody sees it. And I don't understand how to make it happen. So one of the things, one of the things that I struggle with 
is that when we get in circumstances like that, I, man, I freeze up. I'm just like, <laughs> I looked over. Skip Euler already has his light-colored sport jacket out. And he's rolling it up. And he's going over, lifting up her head, sticking it under her head. And I'm like, you are a rock star. I'm so thankful you're here. Because I'd still be standing here. Looking. And, I, and it immediately came to my thought process, Chris, you have to add something to your life here. You have to make sure... Th- that not only do you think it in here, but you add mutual affection on the out. Make sure it's expressed so that somebody can see it. Because ministry doesn't happen because we think it. Ministry happens because we do it. And the worst possible thing we could do is think good thoughts and never act on them. The worst possible thing we could do is walk through a difficult situation and never, and never add anything to our lives so that it changes the circumstance. So, so I'm standing there and I'm having this internal debate with myself. Should I go over? No, he's got it. He's better than me. Should, Chris, why are you standing here looking stupid? And I'm like, you don't care. And I'm, you know, I'm back and forth. You don't, you don't. I'm like, I just thought, Lord, help me to add mutual affection. Now that sounds like a funny story, but that was a serious deal with me. Like, does, do people in my life in difficult times realize that I care about them? Because I'm probably going to give you a hug. Lord, can I, can, I know you're offering it to me. Can I, can I add it to myself? Can I, can I make the tea a little bit sweeter with that? Can, can, I, can I do that? Because I think sometimes people don't think I care. But really, I care a lot. I'm having this internal debate that you don't even want to know what I'm saying. <laughs> But Lord, help me to express, help me add the expression. But you know what oftentimes happens is that it oftentimes has to come out of difficult situations where you add it. He says, make every effort. You know what, when it's all going good, I don't have to work at it that hard. But he says, make every effort to add these things to yourself. So I don't know what you walked in here with this morning, but it's an opportunity to add. It's an opportunity to add. Husband, add love for your wife in a way that she can understand it. Don't just wake up every morning expecting the tea to be sweet. Make it sweet. You're getting lazy on me, ladies. That was an amen. Amen. (laughs) Getting lazy there. What am I missing, Lord? Is is a circumstance in my life an opportunity for me to add something to my life? I'm not going to keep coming to you with the idea that you're trying to subtract. I'm going to come to you now with the idea that you provided everything I need in this circumstance. And it's an opportunity for me to add goodness, add self-control, add faithfulness, add, add, add perseverance, add mutual, mutual affection, add agape love. It's a chance for me to add it all. Let me take an opportunity to do that. Now, now you have to understand something about the word add there. The word add there is not like sprinkle it on a little bit. The word add there, uh, it's actually funny. One commentary said lavish. Some of you say that. It's a ridiculous word. <laughs> How you living? I'm living lavish. I don't even know what that means. 
You know what, though? It means more than you're probably expecting. If you're going to pour something lavishly on somebody, it's going to flow over the top. It's going to be sweeter than you imagine. It's going to be like McDonald's sweet tea after it's set in the tank for about a week. And you just, wow, that's sweet. Just keep pouring it on. And there's also an image here of you not stopping. You know what I find in my life the most difficult times is when I quit adding. When I quit adding. When I start to focus on other things and I forget that the grocery store is still open. I forget that I'm starting to feel that disconnect with God. I'm starting to feel disconnect with others. And I realize that I can go back to him every time and I can say, Lord, I need to add more goodness. I need to add more faith. I need to add. I need to add. I need to add. And now I can understand how Paul wrote Romans 8.28 that we oftentimes sling around where he says all things work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You know why all things work together? Because now I'm going to take all, every situation and I'm going to add. It's not going to subtract from me. Now, Now you can approach things differently. Now you can approach things differently. You know that God's offered you everything. You know that God has made a way where there seems to be no way. You know that God is orchestrating things for your good. And so now when adversity comes to you, now you don't have this big, big like, oh, the devil's going to get me. You say, no, you messed up, devil. Now you've created an opportunity for me to add more goodness. Now you think what you meant to hurt me is now actually going to benefit me. Let me say something to you about consistency here. Consistency, whatever you do consistently, is what the, is the result that you're going to get. It's like me walking into the gym, lifting weights really hard one time, and then turn around and looking in the mirror going, hey, that looks pretty good. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Do you know what you're going to get? Walking into a gym, working out really hard one time, you're going to get not walking for a week. You're going to get legs that hurt so bad. Like, why did I do that? But you know what? If you go in consistent over and over and over and over, you'll start to see an improvement. So that the consistency about me is that when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, when I walk through the difficult times, that I don't look at God subtracting from me. I look consistently at him trying to add to me. And so then I look to him and say, hey, listen, what are you selling today? Because I need to sweeten this tea a little bit. And when he gives me, when he offers it up to me, you know what? I need patience today, Lord. I'm glad you put me in this circumstance. I'm not going to cuss this guy out today. I'm just going to offer him goodness and I'm going to offer him mutual affection. Why don't you step back from your situation tomorrow and say, what are you trying to add? Before you flip out. I see what you're doing here, God. You're trying to add self-control to my life. All right, let's put it in. Let's put it in. You know what the miraculous thing about this is? Nobody's expecting your tea to taste any different. Because you've been consistent. Some of us have been consistent with sour tea. And when we walk in the building and we've added self-control, they go. What happened to you? What are you on your... Like, how do... You know what? I realized I need self-control in my life. I'm not flipping out today. Just be honest with people. I I realize I need more goodness. 
I realize I need to love people better. I'm in a difficult situation, but I realized that God wasn't trying to subtract from me. He's trying to add. You know, then Peter, Peter goes along and says that, that this, this addition process is actually the thing that will keep us effective and productive. You know what? I do believe that ineffective, unproductive people may make it into heaven. This doesn't have anything to do with salvation. This has to do with walking out your calling. So you could be saved and still may I may term as a jerk. That's me at days. Anybody else want to join that club? Say amen. Peter says that, that we don't want to we don't want to know all the good things that God has for us and yet not apply them to our lives, not add it to them, and end up being ineffective and unproductive. That benefits no one. So if we can get in this constant mode of addition, no matter what circumstance our life finds it in, you know what, God, what are you trying to teach me through this? What are you trying to add to me through this? What, what, this difficulty in my life, I'm going to be better off for it at the end. I'm going to be better off. I'm going to add. I'm going to add. The devil's trying to take away from me, but he can't take that. I'm going to add it and add it and add it and add it. And then the next thing you know, you wake up one morning and you're living a productive, effective life. Amen. Now watch this last thing he says. He says it will keep you from stumbling. And I thought, um, I thought, wow, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. He says that we will never stumble. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. One of the things that I pray that I get better at is being able to minister others in my own difficult circumstances. Because if I am only allowed, to, only able to minister to people when the sun's out and it's 78 degrees and everything in Chris's life is going perfect, then you ain't getting no help. Can we be honest? There's something going on in your life all the time. There's something you're struggling with all the time. There's some type of adversity all the time. Now, I know you may get two, three weeks a year vacation where you turn the cell phone off. Somebody tell them, turn the cell phone off. Turn the cell phone off, and you may be able to get away from it. But life is full of adversity. It's what sin does. It's full of adversity. So what I realized was, is that if I'm able to handle the adversity in my life in a way that I believe it's improving me, then I won't be stumbling and I'll be useful to somebody else. I don't think he's talking about falling away from the Lord here. He's not talking about, oh, oh, you're going you're to fall. That, that'd be every other week. He's saying, listen, I need some stable people to be able to minister. This life is not going to be the easiest thing you've, ever in, you, you've endeavored to do. So when it gets difficult, I need to be able to trust that in your difficulty you won't stumble. And so, God, in my difficulty, I realize you're adding to me. I'm taking what you're giving. I'm taking what you're offering, every single bit of it. I'm taking goodness and self I'm taking all of it. I'm going to get all the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to get every, I'm going to add it to my cart over and over and over again on a consistent basis. And so when the difficulty hits me, I don't stumble. I can then turn to someone else and say, in my difficulty, I can still reach a hand out and help you. That's important, church. 
That's important, church. I could still reach out and say, listen, listen, even though I'm walking through a difficult time, I don't have to stumble. I don't have to be out off balance. I can realize that God is working all things together for good in my life. And so now I can extend a hand out to you and we can walk through this thing together. And we can be effective and productive in what God has called us to do in every season of our life. Because we're adding, not subtracting. Amen? Come on, why don't you stand to your feet? Why don't we take a moment to taste the tea? Take a moment to find out what's missing in the mix. Take a moment to see, Lord, what are you trying to do around me? What do you want me to add today, Lord? What, which one of these virtues do I need to add to my mix today? Do I need some more self-control? Do I need some more perseverance? Do I need, do I need some more love, unconditional love? Do I, do I need more goodness in my life? Lord, I realized today, maybe for the first time, that you're not trying to take things away from me. You're trying to add to me. You said you came to, to give life and life more abundantly. You're trying to add these things in my life. Lord, help me to do that. Help me to accept what you've offered. Add them to my life, Lord. Keep me from stumbling. Lord, I pray that we never lose our appetite for the things you're offering us. I pray that every morning we wake up, Lord, we'd be able to take a, take a measurement of ourselves, Lord. I pray that we'd, we'd be able to come to you, Lord, and, and get what we need for the day. Lord, and I pray that when we create this process, Lord, constantly, we're just adding over and over again. I pray that, that we'd be able to minister like never before. God, we'd be stable in you. God, you offering us all that we need on every occasion. God, I pray that it would stabilize our lives in every circumstance. God, and I pray that ministry would happen in every season of our lives. I pray that even in the difficult times, Lord, we'd be reaching out to people. I pray when the things are going well, we'd be reaching out. I pray, Lord, that you'd cause us to be, to be productive and effective in all that we do, Lord. Lord, we pray that we'd add it today. Lord, and I ask this morning, if there's anyone here, God, who has not added you, Lord, who has not accepted you as their Lord and Savior, God, who hasn't accepted grace and mercy that you're offering them this morning, I pray that that be the first step that they take. I pray they wouldn't wait a second longer. I pray that they'd accept everything that you've offered them, Lord, that you've offered them freedom and peace and hope, Lord, through your son, Jesus. And I pray that... That people here would accept you. Forgive them of our sins. Offer them peace and hope that they've never experienced before. Create in them a new being this morning, Lord. Transform their lives by your forgiveness. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, church. Could you be excited about it? Could you give him honor and glory? Amen.